The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Monday, beauties and gents, thank you so much for listening to the Keeping It Beauty show. I am Monique Cannon, along with the, the amazing Akila C. Thompson. To our loyal listeners, thank you so much for continuing to tune in to the Keeping It Beauty show. We definitely appreciate you. And if this is your first time listening to our show, welcome. You're in for a treat. You can listen to our archive shows on our website, keepingitbeauty.com and iheartradio.com. On our show, we aim to inspire you to elevate your dreams, your love, and your life. And so, of course, before we get started, I definitely have to catch up with my other host here, Akila C. Thompson. How is it going, lady? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay, minus the snow. <laughs> yeah, 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 girl. Well, at least I didn't get snowmageddon. No. Uh, like we got in New York. So how many inches have they said you really... You got? Did I they say? No, I think in Long Island, it's been different in different places in the city. In Long Island, we got like three to four feet of snow. <laughs> so it was pretty serious this weekend. I mean, everything that I could have possibly done this weekend was canceled, closed. So I was forced to spend time with Sean this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so how did, what did you guys do? Did you watch movies? Did you, what did you do? Or you we, probably were meal planning and working out. No, we were, <laughs> we honestly just spent time like actually enjoying each other, doing absolutely nothing. Like it was honestly, even though it sucked to be in the house and this it, with the snow, our schedules have been so crazy. So it was actually nice to like have to sit and be still and just be able to watch TV and like really do nothing. So we spent some quality time together, boo loving, yeah, boo loving hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was fun though. I mean, you need that time sometimes, just the downtime. No, no schedule, no agenda, no purpose. Just kind of relax. So yeah, yeah, but it sucked because today I actually had uh, two engagements to do today. And wasn't able to get to the city because they haven't really plowed very well in Long Island. That's one of the downsides of, like, living outside of the city is that Mm -hmm. when you have to drive and you're relying on the Long Island Railroad, which isn't the greatest. So they had a bunch of delays and a bunch of train cancellations. So I ended up having to work from home. So we spent another day together. (laughs) 
We're going to have some like separation anxiety because you've been together for so long for the past few days. Well, I mean, tonight we're talking about keeping it sexy. So hopefully you guys had some fun times and, you know, we're kind (laughs) of just getting to know each other a little bit better. Look closer, look closer. So um, tell me about the What's Great About You video. Give me an update. What's happening with that? I mean, it's going viral. So slowly but surely climbing. It's at almost about 20,000 views. So those of you listening, if you haven't seen it, please go find it on my Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash act inspires. And yeah, we were on the train getting people to to talk about what's what's great about them and sharing what was great about us. So definitely watch it. Hopefully it'll inspire you to think about that once a day. Well, and it's gone global too, because I saw some people doing it in Dubai. So yes, yes. Not only okay. is it like viral, but global. Was, how dope was that? Yeah, one of my uh, my one of my sororities is actually one of my line sisters from school. She was actually in Dubai because Alpha Kappa Alpha incorporated their uh, she we chartered our first chapter um, in Dubai, and she happened to be there for all of the festivities. And while she was over there, she enrolled some of the sorors to do a "What's Great About You" video on the train in Dubai. I thought that was like super. Like, awesome. Like, you never know the impact of what you do. And then that was just an an example of how uh, something that we did here just kind of really casually and informally on the train stretched as far as Dubai. And, like, now almost 3,000 people have actually um, shared it. So it's been powerful. I've been watching people. Every time somebody shares it, I get an alert. And so it's been great to see people actually share it, and they actually share what's great about them and enroll other people that are their Facebook friends to to say it as well. So it's just been great. Spreading joy. Right. Spreading joy, getting people laughing, and just talking. I mean, we talked about that last week. Just getting people to actually engage in conversation with one another. I mean, with the, with text messaging and email and all of those, you don't really have to speak anymore. Almost, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, I don't really know. I probably could type it a little bit better than I can say it, Um, but you're putting me on the spot right now to tell me, to tell you what's great about me. And I'm like, what? You know, so just that thought provoking message Mm -hmm. that's kind of out there too. I think that that's cool, but what an honor to have somebody go so many miles away and remember you. Like I like really the the mission. I like really almost shed a tear when I saw it. Like it was like one of the first things I saw in the morning, and I was just like, "Wow, look at this!" It just it just hit me right in my heart, just right, right, right where it counts, where it counts. Yeah, we could talk about our stuff all day long, of course, but we definitely have to get to our show topic tonight, which is keeping it sexy um, with sex therapist Kristen Lilla. So I'm going to just get, let's get to know her a little bit more. As one of three AASECT certified sex therapists in the state of Nebraska, Kristen Lilla provides sex therapy to Omaha and its surrounding cities. Kristen is both an AASECT certified sex therapist um, and licensed clinical social worker, LCSW. 
Kristen is here to help enhance the lives of individuals and couples through the use of psychotherapy. She provides sex therapy and education to improve personal relationships, address sexual concerns, enhance sexual pleasure, and work through personal trauma that may be affecting intimate relationships. Kristen Lilla works with all individuals regardless of race, ethnicity, culture, ability, age, socioeconomic status, sexual orientation, gender, sex, religious beliefs, political values, and or sexual expression and lifestyle. So if you did not hear your category in there, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that Kristen she is covers to it. talk with you tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I just want to welcome Kristen Lilla to the show. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you. Hello, <laughs> hello, hello. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank, thank you so you. much. We're happy to have you on the show. So this month we've been talking about love and all different aspects of love, you know, so really getting deep into the heart of the matter and what stops us, what triggers us, you know, how do we develop these intimate relationships with others? You know, what is it about our self-awareness that needs to be enhanced and raised? And so we want to continue that conversation since this is the last one. So you're kind of on the spot, you know, with awesome. take us home, <laughs> take us out, you know, make this Good. make this a Good Valentine's Day for, for people. <laughs> it sounds like you've covered some really great stuff so far, though. So hopefully this is just icing on the cake. We have. We've we've had um, the Passion Police on. We mm-hmm. have um, talked <laughs> about masculine and feminine energies this yeah. month. I mean, we've just had the gamut. And I think that... A loving like a goddess. Which yes, is loving like a goddess. Yeah. yeah, we've had... I love that. We've spoken to different... I mean, we wanted to make sure that we were speaking to different types of people, different couples, you know, no matter where you were in your journey, that it was like, oh, okay, great. I'm getting something out of this. So um, definitely feel free to say this may be from anywhere from a teenage space to, you know, you've been in the relationship for the last 10 years, 15 years of your life, you know, whatever it is. So anyways, just let us know. I mean, tell us a little bit about what a sex therapist even does. You know, how did you get into this space? What, just give us some backstory on this. Sure. Um, So yeah, I mean, I work primarily with couples and individuals. Sex therapy, a lot of times it goes hand in hand with marriage and couples counseling, but I certainly work with individuals uh, that are struggling through sexuality issues. Um, I don't work a whole lot with teens, but when I do, it specifically seems to be kids that are um, part of the LGBT community and that coming out process, and mm. either the kid or the parent is looking for resources. So, yeah, I got into this field woo, back when I was a senior in high school. Um, I saw a show called The Vagina Monologues, and... <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's so great. It sounds, it sounds really... It sounds really scantily clad, but it's really not. Um, there is a woman named Eve Ensler, and she, this year is the 20th anniversary, actually, um, but she went and interviewed women all around the world about their vaginas and their sexuality, and she compiled a series of monologues, and the show's been pretty consistent um, for the last 20 years. There's usually a spotlight monologue every year, but the show is everything from funny to sad, um, And it addresses issues such as masturbation, sexual assault, birth, and it kind of runs the gamut. And the first time that I saw that show, I felt like it was really the first time in my life that sexuality had been put on this platform and opened the doors to have these conversations. And when the show ended, I just didn't want the conversation to end. So I changed, I changed, you know, 
in college, I changed majors like everyone does. And I decided I was going to be a therapist. And I was like, what kind of therapist am I going to be? I'm going to be a sex therapist. And <laughs> I didn't really know if that was a real thing. So I started Googling and found asex. And um, yeah, so it's been a long journey to, you know, get my master's and get my certification and everything. But it's been so empowering to just right, really just to keep that conversation going and for people to just to just to normalize things. I think, yeah, I could keep going and going. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of how I got into this field. Mm. So when you say that people have, like, sexual issues, mm-hmm. what's, what is included in, like, sexual issues? What are, what are we talking about? So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's so many things, right? So I thought when I specialized, too, I was like, yeah, I specialized in sex therapy. Um, but it turns out there's so many sexual issues that you could specialize within this if you really wanted to. Um, it, gen- it, it runs everything from infidelity to polyamory to kink and BDSM to, again, coming out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back up. Back yeah. up. Okay. BDF- <laughs> yeah, because remember, you, we got listeners who, you we know, do. they sex illiterate, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that- we're doing this for dummies. So you said BDSM. Break that down for us. That is bondage and dominatrix and sadomasochism. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's part of the kink world. Kink, um, fetishes, things like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, what else? I have people that come in. Low libido is a big one when, when one couple has a higher desire than the other one. That's the... That's a pretty common one. Um, a lot of men come in for erectile dysfunction, uh, premature ejaculation, pornography. So, yeah, I mean, there's so many different things that affect our sexuality that people, you know, either just need to come in for a session and just, you know, kind of get some feedback or some advice. And then there's other people that, you know, have sexual assault or trauma that need to come in because it's affecting their relationship in other ways. And they'll be in, you know, for a few more sessions than that. And, um, yeah, so it's, you know, my goal is obviously it's very solution focused. So it's a little bit different. I, I'm really big on giving people homework assignments and helping people really focus on, on being empowered and having those skills so that they can continue to move forward. Um, and that they're doing things outside of the sessions. That's really important to me. So that was actually what I was going to ask you. That I'm glad you okay. said that word solutions focus. Because going back to the example of what you just said of a couple in which one person has, um, you know, a lower libido than the other. What kinds of solutions right. do you offer for that kind of a dynamic? Sure. Well, the first thing is figuring out why the discrepancy is there. Um, there's usually more to it than just one person is not as into it as the other. Um, so it's figuring out what that reason is. So it could be any uh, anything from someone going through menopause to um, certain medications, lower libido. It could be that the relationship's not all that good, right? If you're angry at someone, mm-hmm. you might not yeah. want to be intimate with them. So that's the first thing is figuring out exactly why the issue is there in the first place before we can offer any kind of solution. Um, you know, I, again, depending where the couple is at, I am big on homework assignments. So it might be giving them an assignment 
that is a talking exercise or perhaps it's a touching exercise. But it, again, that's really going to depend where the couple's at. Some people. Okay, back up, back up, back yeah. up. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry if I keep interrupting. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's good. So you might give us a talking exercise. So what would a talking exercise look like? Um, again, it will depend where they're at. Um, I How do you assess that? How do you assess where they're at, Kristen? Like, are there certain questions that you ask or, you know, can you like walk us through maybe just a brief synopsis? Because I think that's a really common issue. Um, Like you mentioned, it It was common, but we know that women talk about this. And so, you know, being that we want to try to help with some of those common issues that or whatever you want to call them, what would that exercise look like to even assess um, where to go with it? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's asking lots of questions, really. Um, you know, if it's because if somebody is really angry at the other person, I'm certainly not going to tell them to go home and do this touching exercise because they might not feel safe or comfortable doing that. Mm. So, you know, a talking exercise might be a lot of it's about validation. So, there's some talking exercises where we can play it quick. It's like a sender and receiver. And so, I would say to you, you know, I'm not as interested in having sex lately because I've been really angry that you don't help out more around the house. Okay. Mm. And then you would say back to me. So what I hear is you don't want to have sex because you feel like I'm not helping out around the house. Is that correct? And I would say yes or no. Right. But yes, that is correct. And then you would say, is there anything else? And I might say, yes, there is something else. I'm also, you know, don't want to have sex because, um, you know, and tell you why. So I really try to encourage people to have a discussion, right? So a talking mm-hmm. exercise is really focused on a discussion and not an argument. So it's like the concept of like clearing, right? Yeah. And some, yeah. It's yeah. very similar because that's what it sounds like when I'm, you know, when I've practiced clearing in like other spaces, it, it sounds okay. just like that where you get up kind of off your chest what it is that you need to say, not expecting a response from someone, from the other person, yes. but just actually uh-huh. being able to express yourself and for them to just hear you. Um, Absolutely. Gotcha. Absolutely. And it probably yeah. can lead to some of the deeper things, you know, after you go through the series of back and forth, you know, response questions, um, sender and receiver questions, it might lead to maybe a tad bit of emotion, but at the same time, it might be a good time to bring that out. And it's not escalated because you both agreed. I'm in a safe space exactly. open to this conversation. So now we're not and just yelling yeah. in the moment. Which is really important. And, and if, and some couples are beyond this, that they, they, you know, Hey, yeah, we feel like we communicate pretty well. We just, it's just really hard to talk about sex. Um, so I have another really fun one that's, it's almost a hundred questions that people kind of go back and forth and it's everything from, you know, tell me about a fantasy you have again, using that sender receiver, right? We just, we're not trying to say, Oh, I would never do that fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's just a conversation. Just listening, yeah. But it's, yeah. But it's everything from that to, would you rather have, you know, sex or chocolate? Right. <laughs> so some of it's supposed to be fun and silly. And again, just making that conversation easier because for so many people, it's hard to talk about sex. So let's, let's just make the conversation a little bit easier for you to have right. before we say go have sex, right? I mean, we're not going to just 
go jump in the bed together. We need to be able to talk about it first. Well, and you talked about normalizing this and having this to be part of a normal conversation. Um, when do you think that that should start? I mean, is there, why is it uncomfortable or why does it appear to be uncomfortable for so many people? What would help with normalizing that? I think for so many people, I mean, we just don't live in a, well, it, ironically, I'm, I was going to say, we don't live in a culture where we talk about it. And we don't to the extent that we often don't talk about it with our parents. But it's talked about everywhere else, right? It's everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> everywhere. But it's not It's not necessarily good information or accurate, and it's certainly not encouraging you to get in touch with your feelings. Um, it's but yeah, sex sexual everywhere. connotations <laughs> everywhere, right. little undercurrents yeah. and messaging everywhere, but not necessarily having that real exactly. deep conversation about your body and about your emotions it's- and the way you feel about sex exactly. or your body even. So does that seem to also be a common concern, like women not necessarily feeling good about their, themselves, like maybe they, are too, they feel they're too fat or they're too skinny, so they have all of these hesitations. Is that another issue that you see a lot of, of maybe what's the blocking from having that level yeah, of intimacy? that does come up. Um, I noticed more, more specifically that, um, and I don't even want to place this just on women, but, but sometimes people have the lower desire person, they have a lot of rules, right? Mm. It can only be at night. It can only be with the lights off. It can only be, you know, once the kids are in bed because we don't want them to hear us. Um, it can only be, you know, on Saturday night after 9 o'clock, but it has to be over by 9.30, right? Um, and when <laughs> there's so many rules, again, I mean, what's, why is that? Um, because you know, some of those rules might be very valid, um, well, some of them might be very arbitrary. And so we explore that too. You know, why are there so many rules? And part of the reason people kind of get stuck and then ultimately, you know, may end up in therapy is that the other person is obliging. And so let's say somebody wants to have sex just once a month and the other person wants to have it once a week. Well, if they're having it once a what, once a month, for that person, there's no issue with their sex life. And so mm-hmm. if the other person is accommodating, well, the person who's getting what they want certainly isn't going to complain, right? Right. Um, and there's no reason to change because the other person's accommodating. So I think that's why the conversation needs to happen way sooner, too, so it doesn't end up in that place. Mm. Yeah. I actually want to rewind a little bit to... Okay. So, because earlier you mentioned the talking exercise. You also yeah. mentioned a touching exercise. So. Sure. Give us a little bit of, like, how that works. Okay. Because we have um, members that need this, you know, audience uh, members that are listening and that 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 need this. So how would that... Right. Yeah. You know, I might so need it, too. <laughs> right? <laughs> you, you know what? It, honestly, some of these exercises are really fun, even if you have a really rocking, um, awesome relationship, just to, like change things up a little bit and continue the dialogue. So even if you're in a really awesome place, you should try it. Um, one of the exercises that I will have people start on, and this, you can, you can Google this. Um, a lot of sex therapists rely on this, and I think it varies a little bit, but it's called Sensate Focus, S-E-N-S-A-T-E. Um, I love Sensate Focus exercises, and again, I will tailor it to meet the needs of my clients. So oftentimes, I will have them um, the first time, right, and we do it so that you're comfortable, everybody's comfortable, and for some people, this is really difficult, 
Um, but you sit fully close and you sit facing each other, so heart to heart. And it's a touching exercise from the neck up, and that's how it starts. And so you, I, again, encourage people to pick what they're comfortable with. So whether it's two minutes um, or 20 minutes, right, the goal is to work up a little bit, but you would touch your partner's head from the neck up. You touch their face and their head and their ears. And no talking, you just touch their face, and then after the time is up that you agree upon, then you switch, and the other person touches their face from the, the neck up. Um, and while in some ways I think this sounds really silly, right, staring into somebody's eyes for 20 minutes is pretty intense, and mm-hmm. it can be vulnerable. <laughs> and it's, it's, Yeah. We've done that. Yeah, we watched really the- yeah, we watched a video on YouTube with, like they say, how to like create intimacy or how to connect with anyone. And it was basically just staring at the person. And I think we did it for like 12 minutes. And it was just like, it was extremely intimate. So you're saying 20 minutes? Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh. Well, because they're real doctors. <laughs> <laughs> right, I know. Like, it was hard to like stare at him that long and not like want to like, you know, jump on them, you know, but 20 minutes. <laughs> and, and you know what? Some people totally are like, wow, this turned me on so much. We just had sex. And I'm like, well, that's really but good for you. That's great, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Eventually, eventually this exercise does, you know, there's four steps to it. Um, again, if you Google it, some of them only have three steps. I like to start with the neck up. I think that's an important starting place. But by the end, it is a touching exercise where you're fully naked and you're touching each other from head oh. to toe. And so it, it, it becomes very <laughs> intimate. But, yeah, I think this is and, – and some people, it takes a while to get to that point, and that's certainly okay. Um, but it, it certainly opens up a dialogue. <laughs> or some laughter or some Or some laughter, absolutely. You know, that leads to laughter yes. that, you know, puts you in a you, – you become vulnerable because you're both – in that vulnerable space, right? You're right. both there. You're like, okay, so we got to figure this out. And before you know it, you've been taken away by the intimacy bug or something, you know, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Work, so. so, yeah, this is definitely a bonding and trust. I mean, there has to be trust to do this exercise for sure. Mm. Is, are there other ways to build trust? I mean, we, we've heard, you know, we've heard some different touching exercises, too, over these last few weeks. I mean, everything from touching, what was it, the wrist tequila or something yeah, like that? Yeah, she's saying, um, like, the wrist is one of the yeah, very sensitive like, places hmm. that um, it's very sensual. That I right. can't remember what exactly she was saying. But, yeah, and as she was saying it, when I touched my wrist, I was like, ooh, yeah, I could imagine, mm-hmm. like, you know, being stimulated by having, you know, my, my partner rub there. And he said there's, there are other points that yeah. um, can, that can all be very very similar. different points that you wouldn't think, you know, we think about hands and faces and, you know, even maybe a leg, but it was like the back of the leg. I mean, I don't know, you know, <laughs> just, had, just had, a, had a lot of different places that I usually don't walk up to Jerron and just start, you know, touching <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, when we're talking about that spark, though, you know, um, my husband and I, we've actually been married for 10 years. We've been together since we were uh, children, 12 years old. And so we are always having to f- do the work to find new ways to keep the spark 
there, right? And, right. You know, keep that level of intimacy. So are, are there any things, I'm being selfish now, anything you would recommend <laughs> to someone who was married for 10 years? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and I think you bring up such a great point is that you have to, you do the work to keep the spark. And I think mm-hmm. so often we, we forget that, um, you know, something that, that sounds so cliche, but it's not. And I'll explain why is scheduling sex. And, you know, I'll bring mm. that up with clients sometimes and they're like, oh, we don't want to have to schedule sex or we don't have time to do that. I'm like, well, you found an hour to come see me. So I know that you can find time to schedule it. Um, you know, and so ironically, though, you know, think back to when you were when you're dating somebody. Right. And it's new and it's exciting and it's spontaneous. Right. But when you go out for a date, I mean, what are the things that we do to get ready for a date? Well, you, we, you definitely schedule it. You coordinate that. <laughs> we're, we're short. Well, there you go. You have to schedule the date. But we, right, we do our hair. We do our makeup. Um, you mm-hmm. shave your legs. They shave their face. You put some gel in your hair. You put on something <laughs> cute or sexy. You definitely think about what underwear you're going to wear because, <laughs> right, if they're cute and you wear cute and sexy, if something might happen. And if you want something to not happen, right, you pull out your granny panties. And <laughs> it's very, it's very intentional. And, and really, it couldn't be more planned, honestly, because, <laughs> and what we do, we put so much thought into it because something might happen and we plan that that something might happen. And so, right, it's, it's great that we get into relationships and we can feel comfortable farting and burping in front of our partner and that level of being <laughs> relaxed and not, not being judged. But at the same time, farting and burping is, it's not sexy. And so it really is important <laughs> if we want to keep that spark to like, put that effort into it and and it is okay to schedule things um it's okay to shave your legs and and spruce up a little bit and right try to impress your partner Mm. yeah we did um therapy once before and they did recommend that they said you know definitely schedule it and at first I was like that is the most awkward thing in the (laughs) world like who schedules this but what we found was like he would put we share calendars so he would put something on my calendar and it'd be like QT time with hubby you know or whatever and I actually started thinking like that's kind of cute okay you know and then you start playing you're just a little bit more playful and exactly um, it, it did change the dynamic. I will say that it did work after I got over my initial awkwardness. I don't know that it was ever <laughs> awkward for him. It just, for me, I was like, this just seems really weird. But again, it goes back to that <laughs> expectation and maybe who was getting what they wanted out of it at that time. So, sure. you know, whatever the case may be. So I, yeah. I could see it. But it can be fun. I think, you know, I think that's a great way to use something, right? You mentioned in the beginning, right? We, we can text. We don't even have to talk to each other anymore. And while that's true, um, you know, this is a way that, yeah, I mean, you can text each other and you can be flirtatious and or put it on the calendar. And that's part of, you know, that's part of the foreplay, honestly. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So I read somewhere that you talk about sexual voice. Um, what does it mean to find your sexual voice? To find your sexual voice. I mean, I think it would vary for everybody. Um, I, I think it's just when you feel empowered to kind of own who you are sexually. And that doesn't just mean right in bed. Um, you know, part of, I guess, in bed, that would mean, um, you know, saying what you like, saying what you don't like. Um, 
being able to have your orgasm and own it and not fake it. But I think, gosh, it's so much bigger than that. Ooh, I mean, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Pause, pause, <laughs> pause. Okay. Just the question that I wanted to ask about because see, oh, good. I, I'm going to give you the single perspective. See, Monique's been married for a long time, but for me, <laughs> My single friends, you know, I have, I used to have girl parties all the time. And one of the things that used to constantly come up was the fact that most people thought that they were going to get married having never had an orgasm from penetration. So, ah. uh, and, and everybody's out here faking it. So I guess they like faking it until one day they actually okay. make it and it's real. So <laughs> I assume you have clients that come to you all the time with, with this problem. What is normally the issue? Is it the women? Because, you know, in, in conversations, you know, I've learned that, you know, some people say that, you know, it's about getting to know your own body. Like you kind of kind of you kind of have to figure yourself out and then learn how to get yours. And I, I guess then that'll get you in your space of being able to like own an orgasm. Like I find that, you know, some of my friends like know how to own it and get it whereas some are more bashful about it. So they mm-hmm. haven't figured themselves out and they don't get it. So am I accessing that correctly? Like, what have you really seen? Or, yeah, no, no, you it. asked that, you asked that, fine. Um, okay, so we're going to, I mean, if there, you asked a couple of things. Though, yeah, so I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, uh, no, no, it's good. Um, I certainly, right, I am about empowering. I don't think, I, I've heard that men also, fake orgasms. I mean, I wouldn't encourage anyone to fake an orgasm. While I understand you might be making your partner feel better um, and giving them, right, make it, and treating their self-confidence, um, it, I mean, you can have sex without having an orgasm. It doesn't have to be a bad thing at it by any means, right? I mean, it's part of the pleasure. Hopefully, you're not only having sex just for a 30-second orgasm, and you're enjoying the other 30 minutes or whatever it might be as well. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't encourage anybody oh, to well, fake that's... an orgasm. Okay. Um, but so quick anatomy lesson. So this, this goes, I think, in with your question, though. Um, so the, the, the vagina, uh, the mm-hmm. inside of the vaginal canal is about, on average, four to six inches. Okay? Mm-hmm. The average, average penis, also four to six inches. Fun fact. And <laughs> obviously, obviously, there's variations for everybody. I'm acknowledging some people are bigger, smaller, et cetera. But anyway... Uh, the inner two-thirds of the vagina have practically no nerve ending. And so that means that you can't feel a whole lot, okay? Whether mm-hmm. That's part of the reason, right? Women can wear tampons and they don't walk around like ducks because <laughs> you, you can't feel it. And so that's great. But that also means that there's just some nerve endings in that first third, okay? And what that really means is that most of the time, for most women, it's about 70% of women are not going to have an orgasm from vaginal penetration because there's not a whole lot of nerve endings. So they're not getting a whole, whole lot of sexual pleasure. Now, it doesn't mean that penetration doesn't feel good. It doesn't mean you can't get anything out of it. And it, and some women certainly do orgasm from vaginal penetration, but most don't. And most need clitoral mm. stimulation as well. And the, the clitoris, ever so small, has about... Um, has twice as many nerve endings as the entire penis, right? So small but mighty. Wow. Yes. Mm. Right? Small but mighty. <laughs> yes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, 
it actually is bigger. The, the only it, it's small on the outside. It actually has its own like legs that go into the pubis, mons, and etc. But um, but there's some extra nerve endings that are kind of hidden in some of these other areas. But but yeah, I mean, we need women typically need clitoral stimulation, and that's often not achievable through. Um, penile vaginal intercourse. So whether that's a finger or a tongue or a vibrator, something else probably needs to be added. And that's really important. And, you know, I've shared that with, with men and women because they just didn't know. I mean, I don't think we talk about, I mean, right, sex ed doesn't often talk about the clitoris and sexual pleasure. Um, it talks about keeping safe from STDs. And so while that's important, um, sexual pleasure is also really important. So you also said, you know, I agree with you. Sometimes it is just figuring out what works for you. So some of that might be through masturbation. Some of that might be through sexual experimentation. Um, some women aren't able to orgasm unless they have a, a romantic or emotional connection with a partner. So there's obviously other variations that are going to tie into that. But clitoral stimulation, that would, you know, it's huge. It's so important. So, so then it is true that some women just will not be able to, um, you know, come from penetration and like, there's nothing necessarily wrong with them. That's just kind of what it is. Just tell them. And again, (laughs) yeah, in fact, most women won't, it's only about 30% of women that will orgasm from vaginal penetration. Um, some, you know, some women are able to get into a position where they're having penetration and are able to stimulate their clitoris on like the pelvis. And so some women are able to get that, you know, without the extra hand or something, but they're still adding in that clitoral stimulation. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, so, most women do need something extra and that's okay. not a so I just, on anybody's part. So I just want to let Chad and all the other men that are listening know <laughs> that Probably seventy percent of the women that you have been with taken. <laughs> Sorry to let you know this on our show, but just want you to know. But on the flip side of that, it can make them feel a little bit better, or make a couple feel a little bit better, knowing these stats. Because yeah, yeah, you don't feel so obligated to fake something. You don't feel so obligated, you know, to say, well, is there something wrong? Like questioning the process and all of those things because you now need to explore some other methods, perhaps have a little bit more fun, perhaps or something. Absolutely. Well, now I got another question. So, (laughs) all right. We got (laughs) to the point that we know, okay, we may not be able to come from penetration, so that means then that you have to have someone that can orally stimulate you um, in a way that is satisfying. So some men don't really know how to do that. So how do you, <laughs> I'm sure you come across that as well. How do you have those kind of conversations or really become a good teacher to help your partner learn how to, to stimulate you? Know, you? <laughs> I, I mean, this, some of this comes back to, honestly, the communication piece. Um, I certainly would not advise in the middle of oral sex to say, you're doing a really bad job. Right? <laughs> um, that's not a turn on. So what I would encourage is, I, I like to call it the pancake conversation. And okay. to talk about things like this, where you give that kind of feedback um, or talk about, well, anything sexually related, but specifically, right, giving feedback and stuff, 
to talk about it in a neutral setting, not in the bedroom. If you're dating, not don't talk about it at his place or your place because that's not neutral territory. That makes it, right, it's personal. And so talk about it in the kitchen. Talk about it with your clothes on. Talk about it over pancakes because there's nothing controversial about pancakes. And just have a conversation, right, um, so that you can say, hey, right, start, start off with a compliment. Last night was really fun. I had a great time being with you. Um, I really loved what you did with this, but do you think next time you could try this? Because this other thing actually hurt a little bit, right? I mean, mm-hmm. tying it all together. Because gotcha. everybody, everybody's a little bit different. I mean, some people like things done harder. Some people like fingers and digital penetration as part of oral sex. Some people do not. Um, I mean, I've met women who absolutely hate oral sex. And so, I mean, I think it has to be part of that bigger conversation um, but it is important to share what you like and what you don't like and your turn-ons and your turn-offs because because here's the other big thing that people really seem to forget is that your partner can't read your mind. Um, and as great as that would be, it, it's, just, it's just not going to happen. And so it's really, really important to communicate and not to make that assumption that, you know, they must be doing it because they, you know, they just, they just aren't listening. Well, maybe they just, they really don't know. Um, mm. But in that moment, right, that's kind of a turnoff if you're criticizing someone in the moment. Um, I got you. And it's okay. Yeah, and it's okay. I mean, if, if genuinely, if it's hurting or something, I, right. you should say stop. But, right, let's try something else. So you don't think there's, like, you know, a sexy way to, like, give directions, <laughs> you know, turn right, turn left, you oh, know. Oh, yeah. No, that I think, <laughs> that I think you should do. Sure, sure. No, right yeah, there. You can do that. You can do that. <laughs> no, I, I mean, yeah, that's part of it. Certainly, I think I I encourage people to do that. Right? That feels good. Tell your partner that in the moment. Oh, I love that. That feels good. Right there, harder. You know, yes, all of those are good things. And it, yes, and you can give <laughs> then you can give that little feedback. Yeah, can you go to the right just a little bit? There you go, baby. Right there. Right. <laughs> Oh, God, we're like two little kids. So oh, <laughs> funny. Every time you guys so come on, you know, again, we have to normalize the conversation. You know, these yeah, aren't typically you know, conver- typical conversations that we just have, like sitting yeah. around. You know, yeah. talk about football or something, but you don't just, hey, so what about that sex last night? <laughs> But it would be so much easier to talk about if we did talk about it like that. So how do we change it up? I mean, you know, I look at it this way. Everything has trends and all these things. And we are very, like we said earlier, very sexual. Um, You know, there's a kitchen commercial. It's like remodeling. But there's this lady. She's all sprawled out over the counter in the kitchen. And I'm like, what does that have to do with fixing my kitchen up? Right. For somebody, it's speaking to, you know, they're selling tires. And there's this woman that's half dressed. Like, what you know but this is what our society approves of um even sure. the disney channel you know all of these things but i think it goes yeah. back to education we're not educating about things we're just showing these images so then people have right. the misnomer and misconception that i should look like that or it should be like that or it always should be happy and intimate and all of these things but that's not reality so then people give up because they don't meet or fit in the mold so they think when really it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of education and raising your self-awareness to be able to be confident and speak about it and to say i want this i love 
like this. Do this. Do that. Don't do that. You know. So right. Um, I don't know how we. I don't know where that right. comes. Right. I, don't I mean, yeah, it is, and I think that's that's a tough one. And I and I agree with you completely. I have so many people that come into my office and say. I'm probably the only one who does this. I'm so weird. I'm not normal. And I'm like, no, the person that was in here an hour ago said the same thing. (laughs) I mean, I don't, certainly not in a critical way like that, but, but I mean, it's just, it's surprising how, yeah, I mean, we set this standard, this gold standard that's so not, it's unobtainable, it's unrealistic. And then so many of us, and I think I was in the same place when I, when I first saw that show and started learning about this, I was like, I must be weird. I must be abnormal. I must be the only one who does this. And and some of that was just like puberty stuff. Like, wait, everybody, women are supposed to have vaginal discharge. That's normal. Uh, yeah. It turns out it's normal. Yes. Everybody, oh, every yeah. woman does. And so, you know, some of it, I think is just, gosh, getting that conversation going. Um, you know, I think for adults, I'm going to, one of the books that I absolutely love and I would recommend is um, a book called Sex Smart by Aileen Goldbrod. And it's absolutely wonderful. It's very simplistic and straightforward, but I think she really addresses a lot of issues um, head on and there's homework assignments at the end of every chapter. And I think she really helps connect the dots from childhood to adulthood because so many of the messages that we do get growing up are connected to our adulthood. And, you know, if we grew up in a household where nobody said, I love you and nobody hugged or kissed, that can be really difficult to then do with a partner when it's suddenly expected to do with somebody else when that's not how you grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think some of, and again, that's, that's having a conversation that's normalizing it. Um, so some of this goes to parents then too, and being able to have these conversations like is what's happening in that kitchen commercial. Is that, is that normal? Does that really happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to get on the island tomorrow. And sure, probably not, follow. probably not. Right. But like, you know, acknowledging what, well, but let's use Disney that it is on girl meets world. Right. So right. my, my shameless. Yeah. So I've watched that. Um, but being able to say, yeah, right. The, the little girl, Riley's super awkward around boys. Is that normal? Yes, it is normal. And it's normal to have crushes and feelings and not know what to do and be confused and love your best friend one minute and hate her the next. Right. I mean, it's, I think just normalizing some of those feelings is really helpful. Um, you know, and if parents really don't want to talk about it, there's, there's so many resources out there, like Sex, Etc., Scarletine. Um, the Guide to Getting It On is a marvelous book that you could plunk on a teen's, you know, bed and never have the conversation if you really didn't <laughs> want to. Um, I mean, I wouldn't encourage that, but, but there's at least a lot of accurate information right. in those resources that I mentioned. And it's better getting it from there than someplace like television or pornography. Or your friend, you know, that or doesn't your know friend. either. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, I, yeah. Actually have a, I actually have a quick question. Chad must really okay. be liking this show because he hasn't given us the five-minute one It's game. about to come. So, <laughs> yeah. So I actually want to ask a question for the guys because a lot of things have been really focused on us. You said head on. Okay. So, of course, my mind went into the gutter as soon as you said head yeah. on. So I am aware that some guys have trouble um, being able to uh, come from getting... I guess head because I don't have the nice big word sure, for it. That's fine. So oral, oral sex. Yeah, oral sex. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From 
<laughs> so when a client comes to you with, with this issue, could you give us some of the tips that you might give for the guy as something that you might give for the women or, you know, guy, whatever their flavor is to sure. assist with that situation? I'm, I'm actually going to normalize that too, to be honest. Um, okay. Because if you think about, if you think about texture, right, let's, and we're going either, we could go with either a vagina or an anus, but they're both muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's so much, there's so much tighter than something like a mouth, which is very wet and slippery. And so I think that actually is pretty normal. If you, if you're not ejaculating from oral sex, it may just be because there's not enough friction. Um, so, you know, adding a hand to that would certainly be helpful because you could have a hand on the bottom half mouth on the top, right? That's going to add some friction and some pressure. But a lot of, that's a lot of times why it's not happening is there's just not enough friction, um, like there would be with either the vaginal canal or the anus. Mm. And could it, is it also sometimes because maybe they masturbate too much? Will that impact it as well? Um, possibly, but that's such a different can of worms that we don't have time to open. (laughs) So like, I I mean, mean, is there, is there anything that you could do? Like go on some kind of like, I don't know, um, a vagina freeze where like you don't give them any vagina or they're not allowed to masturbate (laughs) for a certain period of time. And then you would think they would be so like, you know, like open and stimulated. I mean, there's something to that. It still might not happen with oral sex just again because of the friction but but it is possible yeah I mean that part of it is just that you are masturbating frequently and so it takes you a lot longer with a partner and part of that is obviously with your own hand right you know exactly what to do and how to do it and it takes a little bit longer with someone else because they might not know exactly what to do and how to do it and a vagina or an anus does not feel the same way as your own hand um, so yeah, certainly, I mean, masturbating less is going to help with that because, right, it builds up the stimulation and it builds up whatever the excitement and the desire and the arousal. And so you finally just can't take it and then you do have, you, you orgasm. So yeah, there's definitely something to that. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> well, so we hmm. have two minutes left and we have multiple <laughs> questions from the last statement. <laughs> Well, Kristen, how can we find you if we need to um, inbox you or set up an appointment? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, even if, if you're in Omaha or in the state of Nebraska, right, uh, I am at my, it's my name, KristenLilla.com is my website. So it's K-R-I-S-T-E-N-L-I-L-L-A.com. Um, but even if you're not in the state, you can absolutely follow me on Twitter or Facebook. And same thing, it's just my name on both of those. And uh, I post a lot of articles and sex, sex education facts. And so there's a lot of great resources, even if you're not in the area. I, I think I'm fun to follow. If you like talking about sex, I'm fun to follow. <laughs> okay. You know, and so sometimes there's some extra tips and stuff on there. But, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of articles and things that are going on, um, and they're they're more applicable than just to the Omaha area. So yeah, I'm pretty well, easy thank to find you. though. Thank you so much, Kristen. I'm sure people will be finding you and following, even if you don't know they are. Um, (laughs) So thank you for coming on. And thank you for for answering all my crazy questions. (laughs) No problem. This is great. This is fun. Thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you had a great night. I hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. And as always, you can visit us on the keepingitbeauty.com website. Visit our Girl Talk section. section. Let us know what you want to hear about. Um, many topics like this, anything is a go, um, as you probably already know. And of course, to find out all of our happenings, go to the IamBeautyInc.com site. Follow us on Instagram, IamBeautyInc underscore. Like us on Facebook. Um, and just keep in touch and we always leave you with a quote and tonight is a simple act of love can make extraordinary things happen by Sharon Whitley good night everyone and be beauty